Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 181, an interview with Bitwave Games with me, George, and this week joined by Andreas. Bitwave, to my wave to the person who I thought was waving at me, but was actually waving at the person behind me. Andreas, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Um, we just released a bunch of games, so that's awesome. And uh, But the weather could have been better. <laughs> you can't. You can never guarantee the weather. Never, ever. <laughs> so let's let's get stuck in. Obviously, as I explained to you, and I'm sure you've listened to thousands, well, 180 of our episodes at this point, but uh, when we bring on a guest, we incorporate them into the very fabric of the show. So it's only right and proper. I ask you, what have you been playing? And what games have you been delving into this week? Oh, actually, I started a... Uh... A new game yesterday. Uh, I've started to play uh, Sea of Stars. Yes. Now this has appeared in my feeds. It's part of the. I've seen it on the Switch, which yeah. is, is my current new love affair. But I've also oh. seen it's part of the premium free games on PS5 at the moment, which is a, a real joy. It looks fantastic. Tell me your experience with it. Oh, I haven't played that many hours so far, but it really reminds me of like the good old um, RPGs that you could play on like the SNES back mm. in the day. And the pixel art is, is it's just gorgeous. Um, and it feels like it's quite simplistic in, it mecha- in its mechanics, which I can appreciate um, since I don't really have that much time to play games, uh, ironically. <laughs> well there's a saying here in the uk called the butcher's dog you'd imagine the butcher's dog would be well fed and everything like that but normally it's an underfed hound that's struggling to get from one meal to the next and i'd imagine that your life in the industry is a little bit like that you talk and help create and push games all day long all day long and then when you get home you have already got any time to game it's it's almost it's almost like a definition of hell that you find yourself in andreas yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I, I still enjoy uh, playing games, but uh, funny enough, since I, I started to work in the games industry, I found, like, new hobbies instead. So I'm a big, big fan of photography, for example. Uh, it it gives me, like, a, a reason to go outside. <laughs> is that your main medium in your photography hobby? Is it sort of exterior shots or plants or animals? Wait, wait, which... Which rabbit hole are you bringing me down here? Oh, I haven't really found my genre le- uh, yet, but I'm I'm very fond of like street photography. So like mm. just strolling around um, in the city with the camera and just like take photos of, of random stuff like buildings, people, um, just stuff that uh, stuff that just happening. Uh, I, I find that very like very relaxing. Wow. Okay, so Sea of Stars put to one side, and may I say, you know, great choice. I've watched the trailer, and just the isometric climbing sections in that I witnessed had me absolutely captivated. I was like, wow, they could have done this back in the day, but they didn't. But they're doing it now with all the modern ideas, and I think it's absolutely wonderful. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I might even treat myself to it on Switch, you know, why not? 
Uh, why not to the to the long-term listeners for the longest time i've had access to a switch but i've never really been that involved in it and recently my life has taken me between houses and on the go a little bit more and having that bigger boy game in your hand has been quite the revelation i was a psv to uh, i don't know what the right word is really crusader so death by a thousand cuts fan of the vita and that kind of gave me that but not really uh, whereas the Switch really hits the note, we will get onto the Switch because obviously your wonderful games under the Bitwave banner have made it onto the Switch as well, which is which is wonderful news, which we'll get to. Other than a cursory glance at Sea of Stars, is there anything else that's piqued your interest this week? Oh yeah, I'm really like I really want to jump into Starfield. Mm. Uh, I read some of the reviews that just dropped and. Uh, I, I said that, no, I'm not going to play Starfield because I don't really have the time, I said. But it got really good scores, you know. And like, That's I, been an ongoing narrative for us. It kind of needed to, I don't know where you sit, obviously, with your, with your backside firmly planted in the industry. But Microsoft kind of needed to nail this out the gates. And as you say, it's starting to look like they did. Good news for them. What... Are you going to lose yourself this weekend to that? Probably. Um, either that or just continue with uh, with my, my RPG. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I've downloaded it, so uh, I'm ready. You've preloaded it. Are you going to sit up till midnight tonight? No, unfortunately, I have work tomorrow. You know, like life. Surely they would understand. <laughs> Everyone's calling in sick tomorrow to Bitwave. Everybody got food poisoning. <laughs> Actually, like um, earlier this month, the studio turned ten years, so we're wow. going to have our big studio celebration tomorrow um, with a lot of, lot of guests, like the gaming industry of Gothenburg. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I, I really. I feel that I, I need to be fresh. <laughs> Starfield's not going to get the best of you tomorrow night, though, is it? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Saturday morning, waking up, a couple of cans stuck to your face, uh, wondering what's going on in Starfield. I should imagine that would be an interesting experience, sort of finding out what you did in your drunken rampage when you came in through the door at goodness knows what time a Swedish man returns, a gentleman of Sweden returns home after a 10-year anniversary. Can you predict now the sort of state and time of your arrival back at home? Oh, it will probably be super late. It always, it like it's like you, you say, like, I'm going to have one beer, two beer, tops. Yeah. But it's never two beers. It's, it's never. <laughs> it's probably like 10. <laughs> well... At least you'll have something to nurse you through Saturday. Oh, definitely. Starfield, (laughs) with the volume down, very low. With the volume down. (laughs) Okay. Well, very quickly, I'll wrap up what I've been playing. I don't think it's really that much. Some Luigi's Mansion 3, which I've been thoroughly enjoying. Have you played that? No, but I uh, recently played the first one on the GameCube. I'm I'm super into GameCube now. I'm like a a massive fan of retro games. Yeah. and GameCube is like a system I had when I was a kid. But I like when you're a kid, you don't really have the money to buy games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I re- I actually never played the first game back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my plan is to to finish it, uh, jump on the 
the DS or was yeah. it the DS? Yeah. I think it was the 3DS where they got the second one. I think it was called Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, and after that, I will totally jump into the third one as well. Perfect. Okay. Well, it's the entry's been lubricated for you. It's so accessible and it kind of flips things around a little bit, but it, it's still Luigi's Mansion all in all. And it's it's been a really great experience. I am stuck though. I don't know if any of the listeners can can speak to this. But there's a section where you you're using the Hoover to move you. I shouldn't call it the Hoover. I know it's got an official in canon name in the Luigi's Mansion universe. But it, bear with me. We're talking the Hoover, and you get in a it's a water game. It's a water level, Andreas. We already know stress levels are up, and you have, and you have to maneuver yourself around an inflatable duck. And that's fine, but I've got to this section where you need to switch to Guigi, open this trapdoor, then some sharks run in, and I get what's probably known in the industry now as sort of OAP, old age pensioner gaming block, and I suck instead of blow. It sounds like I'm talking about a completely different industry here, but I suck instead of blow, I blow instead of suck, and, and every time I get absolutely butchered by these sharks, I'm almost done with the game. It's just this one section. Um, it is what it is. I think that might be all I've played. I think I've had a little sniff on what I call Switcher 3. If you're going to play The Witcher, Andreas, you better play it on the system that gives you the least graphical fidelity. I'm talking the Switch. But you can cross-save to the PS5 and carry on playing there in all of its next-gen goodness. So that's... Oh, really? I look actually at your face. It. You just sat bolt right in your chair like an adrenaline shot straight to the heart. Yes, <laughs> that's possible. Take the really? bigger boy game on the go, play it in what I would call 10, 10 alcoholic beverage condition. It kind of looks like you've had the the 10, 10th anniversary party and then you're playing Witcher 3. But if that graphical downgrade is okay, the rest of the game is fully in there. All the speech, all the full game environment that you've kind of been playing. And then when you get home, you can carry on playing it on your Switch if you if you really want to do that to yourself, or you can just pick up the cloud save on PS5 and carry on. More games should do that. More games yeah. should. I think Definitely. I have a similar experience on MLB. I know an Englishman who likes baseball. I am a walking paradigm, I would say, Andrea, but that's just me. Um, and that will allow you to switch between the two. But all of a sudden, it's become my one of my favorite Switch games, even though, as I say, compared to the PS5 version, <laughs> It's 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 the Bitwave tenth anniversary graphical mod, um, but you know you got to make the best of these things, haven't you? Good. So yeah. we've 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 waxed lyrical about what we what we've been playing, and now we arrive at this section here where we're going to talk about Bitwave Games, the company that you are PR and community manager for, which is probably why when straws got drawn out of a cup, you were the one left with the smallest one, and I'm sorry for that, but thank you very much for coming on. We do appreciate it. Um, a quick overview of your life, though, before we get carried away with all this Bitwave nonsense. I say nonsense, I don't mean nonsense, but let's just focus on you because you're quite the stealth star of the industry, if I may say. Um, I was going to pronounce your last name, Goransson, or as you would say in the Swedish, Jörgensson. Jörgensson. Oh, almost. That sounds more Danish. I don't know if I'm insulted, but... <laughs> Please don't be. Please don't be. 
please don't be. I thought I'd give it a go. The good old yeah. college try. You did Went to kick the football, ended up on the backside. Got that winded feeling, didn't know whether to laugh or cry. But let's not let that get take away from you, because former IGN editor-in-chief and Eurogamer. Now, that's yeah. not just something that's throw away here. As soon as I saw that, I was like, hang on a minute now. Let's just wait, slow down. Tell me about your games journalism experience. Oh. And do you miss it? I do. I miss it a lot. Um, but in Sweden, like Sweden is a small country uh, where everyone speaks perfect English. So it's really hard to run like gaming news media in Swedish because it's not really relevant. Everyone is 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 reading the the English stuff instead because that's like often the news comes faster in English. Um, so so you cannot really make money out of it. It was more more of like like passion projects, mm. I would say. Um, so that's that's it's sad. Uh, I really miss it, but I don't regret like jumping over to the dark side because we have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you you went from being, for all intents and purposes, a man that could had an all you can eat buffet of games, and then you decided, due to the Swedish people's philistine like attitude towards their own spoken dialect, you were going to go and be a one game guy, a one studio man. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's quite funny because I I started my journey at um, rising in, or well in in community yeah. for Fundful, which is okay. more of a publishing house. Um, when I, I started there, Fundful was brand new. Like it, we uh, we were really small. We were like five people in the publishing department. Um, so we like kickstarted everything, um, and I learned learned a lot. Um, and then I, when I moved over to Bitwave, it was like one studio with one game. Um, and now Bitwave has grown a lot the the last two years. Mm-hmm. Has it been two years? That's crazy. Well, uh, you know, you tell me you're having your tenth anniversary tonight. Yeah, yeah, and that 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 staggers me. Um, but yeah, you've been there two years. Been a, I don't want to get you sacked, but one would hope it's been a joyous experience in this part. Oh yeah, it's been it's been so much fun. Um, when when actually when I started at Bitwave, the company was called Retroid Interactive. Mm, uh, I was going to ask you about that. What what prompted that that name change? Was it that annoying little handheld that people are raving about that caused the name change, or was that something that happened when you got acquired by the Embracer Group? No, I mean it's it's a combination of of a lot of different things. Of of course, we 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 knew about Retroid Pocket, but that was wasn't on the only reason. We felt like because like when Retroid started, uh, it was like part game dev, part consultants for other companies, um, right. and like IT consultants and graphical designers and UX designers for um, for like non gaming companies. Uh, but then when we got acquired, we were like, we want to do a fresh start because we want to we want to make it clear that we have one focus now. Uh, so that's why we rebranded. And, and we felt like Bitwave felt retro, retro 
esque, uh, and that's that's the goal because we love retro games. That's why we rebranded to 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 Bitwig. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you, you rebranded because it enabled me to do my joke about that awkward moment when someone waves at you when you think that they're waving at you, but they're actually waving... I don't know what I'd have done for retroid. Probably something about hemorrhoids, if I'm absolutely honest, <laughs> Andreas. <laughs> Actually, like Bitwave is a pun. Is it? Tell me more. Yeah, bit is like, uh, you know, like back in the day when with eight bits and, and 16 yeah. bits and such. Yeah. And wave is because Gothenburg is close to the ocean. And you learn something new every day, don't you, you sneaky Swedes? I like what you've done there. I see. That makes sense to me now. Um, now, let's get stuck into the weeds, if we may. So, Retroid rebranded as Bitwave. Yeah. And were acquired by the Embracer Group. Yeah. Uh, which were formerly THQ Nordic. Yeah. Um, and then you've been picked up under the is it Free Mode team. Yeah. The free your mode subdivision. Color. Yeah. And how does that, because I see some other names in there, like Limited Run and things like that. Is that like a, are you left to be almost self-autonomous? You kind of work towards, are the deadlines involved for you when you're bringing games to market at, at this end of, this, of the world of Embracer? Or are you more free, as the grouping suggests? Uh, I would say, like, I don't really know, like, the background, of, like, the background story of the name, but, like, all the companies within Dream Mode are free to do what they want to do. So wow. everyone is, is is doing their own thing. Um, and with that said, we also work a lot together. Uh, we work a lot together with a company called Clear River Games, which is a physical publisher. Uh, and they work a lot with limited limited run games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we like we we do our own thing, but we also like we help each other. Is that on a is that on a per project basis or, I mean, do you all share like a Slack team messaging system where you say, hang on a minute, we need a, we need a guy who's good at coding over here to do this, or can we send you this? Or is it more on like a, as each of you comes up against a brick wall of a deadline you've committed to, how does that sort of moving of team members work? I would, I would say it's rather like knowledge sharing. Like if, if I, if I find out how to do a certain thing, I might as well just share share it with the others because they they might also need that information. So it's not like I do things for the other companies or that we borrow uh, people. It's mm-hmm. more like, yeah, pure knowledge sharing. Just like an information sharing repository. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the strength with Embracer that that we we are so many companies. Mm. Uh, with different sizes 
that we can learn from each other so that we help each other to to reach success. That's, and I think that's a, a really nice thing. Yeah, I agree. I think that's actually quite an interesting little nugget that we've pulled out there that you're all sort of throwing information into this sort of core repository that someone at the the thick end of Embracer Group could pull out and find useful in their next game and they put something in that is available in the tube and you can pull out and use in your latest adventures, which I think is that's certainly one of the pluses of being part of a, a major house like that. Yeah, and it also gives us more like extra power when it comes to like attending events or like talking to partners and, and et cetera, et cetera. Like um it's like being a small studio is hard. Uh but being a small studio that is like part of something bigger makes life easier. Mm. Because we met you, um, wonderful characters at OLL. Now, to a man from Sweden, a out of season cattle market probably was quite the shock to the system at OLL. Great event, everything like that, set in obviously the Royal Norfolk Showground. Um, but it's not your usual gig, is it? How did you find that? And was it a good experience? And did you find lots of people f- found interest in your stall, your stand? Yeah, I mean, like, I've been on a lot of gaming events, both as, like, a journalist, but also um, on the marketing community side of things. And I, I must say that OLL was, like, the best event I've ever been to. Um, I think, like, it was, like, Everyone was so friendly. Everyone was so helpful. It was so... uh, The planning was excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would love to go again. Uh, And we met so many fantastic people. We met you guys, but we also met like a lot of fans. Uh, And I think that uh, attending like smaller events that it's more focused on what we're doing is good because that's like, that's really good for the brand. I think that that kind of small event is, is better for us than attending, for example, like PAX, where yeah. we would just like drown. Yeah, we've got someone attending PAX. Uh, I think it's this weekend. Um, they'll be taking lots of notes, lots of photos and all that good stuff and reporting back on it. But as you say, it's, it's quite the event. Whereas OLL, as we found, it was quite personal. You could get real one-on-one time. Um, with yeah. people and as you say if a fan comes along and they want to maybe pick your brains for 10-15 minutes you can give them that time and I think that was the plus point of OLL I think that they also looked after as well we were constantly getting asked if we were okay if we needed anything obviously because you kind of you kind of trapped on your on your stand aren't you really you can't really leave you might be able to sneak away for a quick toilet break um, but that's about it so yeah they were very kind, very helpful. I think we'll be there next year. Hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah. And I mean, like, we were so lucky, you know, as a Swede, um, the best, one of the best things was that we were, um, we were close to, um, to the coffee. <laughs> because coffee is so important. <laughs> to be honest, I think when I die, it's literally going to take my body a couple of years to stop moving. I think the coffee... I probably died six months ago, and the coffee's actually got me to this point. I'm patient zero as far as... <laughs> I'm living proof that zombies are real. Um, 
Okay, so part of the Embracer group. Um, Retro have been going 10 years, obviously, under these different names. Mm -hmm. Since you've been there, what games have you kind of helped shuffle out the door, Andreas? Oh, it's 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 a bunch now. Uh, when I started, that was like the day before we launched the second uh, update to our game Wunderling. Yes. Mm. Uh, so we released uh, an update called Kohlrabi's Ruin, which added like a new ending and yeah. a lot of stuff. Uh, and then I had Wunderling for a whole year. <laughs> wow, so, so you're kind of sick of it. <laughs> I did want I'm to ask you, uh, Wunderling is an interesting concept where you're kind of like the enemy within within that world, so to speak. But it's also, it's got some retro stylings. You got to say one of the plus points about the game: the control input method means Ooh. that you could take it to your party tomorrow night, drink cans, and play Wonderling. Because the Switch innovation is that you just use that one controller to to move your character around the screen. Is that a plus point? Was that a marketing plus point for you? It was. I mean, like since you're playing the enemy, and all you can do is jump. And you can't really decide which direction you go. Makes it very, very similar to a certain uh, weak enemy in a certain game called Super Mario Bros. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the game has been called a Goomba simulator by many, uh, which it is. Um, so that has been like the, the number one pitch. This is a Goomba simulator. You can just I don't think you're just the... normal Goomba and Wonderling, though. I feel like you're probably the big dude that has been hiding in the back. He's had some steroids, and he's not shy of the gym, is Wonderling. He's not just. He's not, he's not as one-dimensional as you make him out to be. No. I mean, you're the Goomba, and you you earn a lot of, like, new... Um, new... Uh, blah, blah, blah. I was... Oh... No, I just forgot the English word. Yeah, word. But yeah, you get stronger. You get more, like more experience during the game. Blah blah yeah. blah. I mean, there, like in Super Mario, there are different forms of Goombas. There are. Yeah. So that was actually like, uh, that was the main thing. And then we, when we rebranded, that was in conjunction with uh, like the last update of Wonderling when we renamed the game to Wonderling DX. So then we just focused on like, you are the evil guy. Stop the hero. Yeah. So Wonderling's out. You pumped that for a year. You were kind of sick of it. What was next? Gimmick? Uh, it was Gimmick, and it was also the first volume of Toa Pine Games. Okay. If we may, let's hang on Gimmick for a minute, because that's that's something that was a, a NES game in yeah. Japan. Yeah. And bizarrely, seeing as you're on, and I don't know whether this is any connection at all, I don't even know what's going on here. Um, but bizarrely, I can't really find any information other than that it was released in Scandinavia. Mm. Is that the is that the reason why you're into it? Or is that just a, a mere coincidence? This is this is the cute part of this story because like back in 2013, when the studio was formed by my boss Nicholas. He started the studio because he wanted to do games similar to his favorite game of all time, a game called Gimmick. That's why he started the studio. So he has got a love affair with this. He has. 
So like, I think it was about a year ago, uh, we found out that our sister company, Clear River Games, uh, ha- they had signed uh, a agreement to publish gimmick special edition physical in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and they needed a digital publisher. So Niklas said, let's go, let's do it. It's gimmick. Let's Did he it. kind of sit bolt upright in his bed that day and say, the only reason I was put on planet Earth is to get this a digital release. I realize now that this is me all in, and that's the only reason I existed. Or does he see himself extending beyond his small gimmick I, life? I hope, hopefully. <laughs> no, but he was, he was really excited. He actually called me like the day I was about to go on vacation. He said, when you're back, we're going to announce that we are bringing gimmick to modern consoles. So be prepared. Uh, is, is that something that, was that really, you thought were like, oh my goodness, yeah. he's been supping on the gone off booze again, or did you think, wow, I can really get in? Be honest with me now, because gimmick's not exactly the most well-known game out there. I'm not decrying its gameplay, but it certainly is something that you would use to prop open a door, not realizing its value, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're on the what I would call the hype train for gimmick. And you're the engine driver, Andreas. How did that feel? <laughs> <laughs> I was <clears throat> I was actually shit scared. Like because <laughs> as 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 a gamer who's really into retro games and, and from Sweden, I was aware of gimmicks existing because that's the mythical game. Like I I remember that I played it as a kid. Um but that's that's it. So and then I I'm, I'm like I'm a member of a, a lot of Facebook groups um, uh, for for retro gamers in in Scandinavia, and once in a while the game pops up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was in this situation like, okay, so we're going to work on like this mythical game, this expensive gem that everyone wants to play but no one can afford. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and then when I was back, we just like we tried the game, we start started the work. Uh, and that was also like in conjunction when Embracer announced that they acquired us and Tatsujin, uh, the IP holder of the Toaplan games. Ah, that's, yes. So, so like in, in a couple of days, we had to like form a plan to announce both gimmick and Toaplan without knowing when <laughs> when they would be out. <laughs> wow. So that was interesting and hectic, but it was super fun. We made like an awesome trailer. Um and we just like, I remember the tweet when we announced Gimmick. It was, we grew with almost 1,000 followers on X, former Twitter. Just off the back of this old NES game that really yeah. Yeah. only Japanese and Scandinavian people had ever even heard of. And now you were going to push this thing worldwide. Yeah, but it's actually really huge in the US because it's so hard to 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 find a, a cartridge uh they go chasing those demons don't they they do so that was that was really fun and we released it in in july this year finally it took mm-hmm. almost a year um but it's out it's out there and i think that's awesome are you are you happy to be done with it though now you're looking forward to the next tower plan game yeah, I mean, like it's always, it's always a special feeling when you've been working on something for so long, and now it's over. But at the same time, we have like so many projects 
uh, in the making. Uh, so there's always something new to do. Uh, like for example, like the other week, we released four Tuapan games, and we are already working on on the next batch. I think uh, on one of our normal episodes, we do um, what we call Stingray's Boot. Um, long story, but uh, the compressed version is this guy called Stingray's to come around and sell us DVDs and games out of the boot of his Nissan Bluebird, and now we use them as the medium to review this week's new releases. And there was one week where you guys basically owned his boot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Everything I pulled out was just covered in your stickers. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get to that then, because Toa Plan, Japanese company, founded in 1979. Their gaming division began in 1984. Some absolutely iconic up-screen shooters, tote shooters, call them what you like, within that. And then obviously, being part of the Embracer group, they extended their tendrils and wrapped them around what was a, a holding company, which I think you referred to earlier as Tatsujin, which owned the yeah. rights to these games. I don't know how these things happen. It's like I think um, a camera company owns the rights to one of the Mario characters because it was in that sort of Doki, Doki Doki Panic or whatever it was called. And and that's why we've never seen that awesome character ever again. Like, mm. Tatsujin becomes part of the Embracer group. It unlocks a veritable chest of goodness. What made you guys, out of all of the developers within the Embracer group, and especially within your sort of small pocket, go, actually, do you know what? All that, all that eight is tat. That's a real piece of us, this is. Give give us all this. This is what we want to do for the next at least five years. (laughs) Oh, now I really, I really wish I had my coworker here. But um, so how we got to start on the teleplan. So like for starters, Tatsujin was formed by uh, staff from Toaplan. Ah, like a management buyout, so to speak. So so to speak. So it's like it's Yugi-san, it's Urimura-san, it's Kusaka-san. So it's like the old gang. Yeah, they like they they started Tatsujin and they acquired their games again, uh, and then they got acquired by Embracer. Uh, but <laughs> they thought they were having a good day. Then they got bought out, Andreas. Savage. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 how we got into it is this is also really nice because the guy who's who's like the main programmer called Henrik, mm-hmm. he's he's one of one of one of I think one of two people, three people. He might correct me when here here this, but. They were the first in the world to emulate the Tuaplan games like 25 years ago. Wow. He made it as a hobby project. He's been in the industry for, I don't know how long. He's, Does he's, he have a girlfriend? He, yeah, he has. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's, a, he's a rock star. He's, yeah, he's, he's been around for forever. But he, he actually got a call from uh, a guy called Martin, who is part of Embracer. Uh, and Martin told him that we have just acquired Tatsujin, and I know that you was one of the first that emulated Tuaplan back in the day. So, do you want to do the work again? But this time we release them like for real. And he wow. was like, sure. So the the games that we are releasing on PC, they're based on on a new version of this same emulator that came to be twenty five years ago. Wow. Okay. 
some changes one would presume to try and bring it up to the modern code for the systems that it's running on i presume uh, but all in all that central emulation is that core emulation he made 25 years ago. it was that good yeah the shark emulator he is as you say i asked i asked if he had a girlfriend rather disingenuously only because he was you know he's obviously a full nerd uh, he is. He, uh, I don't know how he, he finds time to be a rock star of the gaming industry and dedicate to uh, to another to a partner, but you know that's why he's a rock star, I presume. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Uh, he's been working on. I think like one of his first games was like back in in the uh, like Amiga era, mm-hmm. way way back, way way back. So it's 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 super cool to like hear his stories, uh, and he he like he's he he one of his biggest dreams was to work with the Tua Plum crew, and now he's doing that, uh, but with Tatsuki and them. But it's still Yugi-san. Everyone's meeting the heroes. Gimmick Tua Plan. Everyone's getting this full sort of circle completion. Who's your yeah. dream? Who's your dream? Who are we? Who's Embracer going to acquire so you can live that childhood dream? Who would it be? That would be Capcom because someone needs to remake. That's Dino a big Crisis. ask, Andreas. <laughs> someone needs to remake Dino Crisis. I've been saying this for twenty years now. How would you do it though? Would you do it full HD, four K visuals? Camera can move around, or would you lock it and give people almost? like an updated version of those sort of PS1 graphics. How would you fulfill that dream? Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. I would use the same engine they used for the Resident Evil remakes. Two and three. Yes. Wow, that's that is bold. That is, but I find I find it so weird that they haven't done it already since like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs been has been like super popular since like the first Jurassic World movie. It's so weird. Stick a dinosaur on it, guaranteed to sell hotcakes. Right, right, and I mean like a survival horror with with dinosaurs. I mean, what could go wrong? It worked in the nineties, so. It, should work now. <laughs> That's my pitch. That works for every other gaming franchise out there. Your pitch is strong. I like it. I didn't know whether because you were such a fan of it, you kind of wanted to have that sort of retain that iconic, because there's something about the forced perspective camera that obviously builds dread. When you can pan the camera around 360 around the, around the in-game character, you kind of lose that. Well, don't get me wrong. Those remakes, still pretty scary, to be fair. Um, yeah. But you lose that kind of fear factor because you kind of there was something about those tank controls and there was something about being locked in that that camera angle that kind of made it all a little bit more harder to navigate and therefore a little bit like my story of Luigi in his his boat when I sucked instead of blue. Uh 
that was pretty much summed me up in the original Resident Evils and Dino Crisis. I found them quite hard to navigate. But you see that as just being, what, just the technology of the era, and now you want yeah. to revisit in full 4K? Yeah, I would love that. That would be amazing. I mean, they could. I mean, they could also like make a new release of the old games. I don't really care. I just want to play Dino Crisis on modern platforms. That's that's all I'm <laughs> just getting his dinosaurs for goodness sake. Yeah, I mean, that's all I'm asking for. Come on, I don't even think that's that much. If I'm honest, no. you seem like a very humble guy. If the only thing you're <laughs> literally on your knees screaming and begging for is a new version of Dino Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want for a lot. Minimalist I mean, lifestyle. <laughs> I mean, if you scroll through my Twitter, I, I mention like Dino Crisis quite often. I'm one of those. <laughs> At least you stick to your values. I do. <laughs> do you still own a PlayStation 1 or Dino Crisis, or would you emulate that these days? Uh, no, I, I, I don't own a Dino Crisis yet, but I have a PlayStation 1 uh, that has been heavily modded. So it has HDMI output. Anything else in there when you say heavily modded, or is this is this the distance of your mods for this thing? That's not an understated mod, by the way. But uh, is there anything else purring away under the hood of this PS One? Is it got the SD card in it, or is that is that it? No, it also got the SD card because I, when I bought it, the uh, the disk drive was broken, so I got it for cheap. So I I, I thought might as well just do a project. Uh, out of it but <clears throat> i don't want to like do the illegal way and download a rom i'd rather like buy a copy of off of the games uh and and make a copy out of that and run it on my console because then i own the games without um without the with with the convenience of digital the white knight of retro gaming listen I admire you, and that's the sort of cat I am as well. Uh, a lot of people would have just dumped every single ROM on that SD card and give it the major flex in the menu as they scrolled through every single game. 3D Army Heroes, a game they're never going to play, but they put it on the SD card anyway because it looks good. You're only acquiring the games that you've got. That's That's good. I think, if I may, I've got a little distracted here. Toa Plan. Yeah, Toa Plan. You've got your new series coming out. Tell me everything about that that everybody needs to know. The game is at home. Maybe some facts that we don't know about it already. And is it available on Steam? Steam only at the moment? It's on Steam and it's on GOG. Uh, and it's Slap Fight, it's Hellfire, mm-hmm. it's Fire Shark, and it's Flying Shark. So it, it's a mix of uh, old and even older. Um but it's four great games. I think it's a really good mix. Um, Hellfire is especially awesome, I think, because I remember the Mega Drive version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I'm like before we started on the Toa Plan, like Toa Plan project. Project. I wasn't that much of a schmuck guy, uh, but I've learned to appreciate the games. Uh, I'm just and, not that good at games, Andreas. You're not? Not good enough to play one of those. <laughs> <laughs> they have features to make them easier, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, the computer playing it for you? Because that's about the only thing that would work for me. Almost. But you can rewind. You can slow down. 
you can quick save you now we're talking so, so you can this is my kind of shoot 'em up this is aimed at people like me that we're not very good at them but we see the bigger boys playing them and talking about them and we want to feel like we're part of that scene so for mm-hmm. people like me saves run me through those features again dress because they're actually game changing as far as i'm concerned okay let's go see it's rewind so if you die you can rewind there's is there a limit to that or no (laughs) i think it's i don't really remember but it's i think it's 18 minutes you can rewind back oh okay but you can do it as many times as you like but your maximum rewind is 18 minutes as many times as you like I might even finish one of these bad boys one day if I had that ability. That's fantastic. What else have we got in the suite of not very good gamers helping aids? <laughs> you can slow down. So if there's too many bullets, you can just slow down. Because that's the one thing. Bullet hell is literal bullet hell for me. And I, my brain can't work quick enough to calculate the path I need to take through those very small projectiles. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've had a similar experience, but in reverse on Vampire Survivors. Have you played that? No, but I've seen people at work playing it. Ah, oh, these scoundrels. <laughs> You're slugging your guts out, and they're playing Vampire Survivors. Blimey, neck. You go in tomorrow with the Xbox on your back and go full Starfield, and if anyone even looks at you, slap Vampire Survivors straight clean out the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it hard? No, no, not right. I thought it would be. Um, but it's the reverse. You're kind of the bullet, and they're the kind of... That's, that would be the way I would describe it. So when you're picking the path, you're kind of trying to nibble at them as you go. So I've almost become at one with the concept. Um, let's not get too distracted. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> forgive me this slight dalliance, if I may. In the UK, mm-hmm. when it was the last day of term, you sometimes at primary school, so circa between the ages of five and ten, at the end of a term, say summer or Christmas or whenever you're taking a, a, a bunch of holiday, you would be allowed to go in, not in uniform per se, um, also take a toy, and there'd be a little bit of a party. I'm seeing this 10th anniversary tomorrow, and you have my authority to do this. Uh, <laughs> is a bit of a take a toy in day okay so i can see kind of clearing your desk off sack off all this drivel here set your xbox up have a few cans i'm thinking probably 10 o'clock is is a reasonable time for a swedish man to drink on at a party day uh we're taking jelly as well um if you know if, do you have jelly in sweden jelly shots no no <laughs> We were kids, Andreas. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're from UK. You have bars everywhere. Who knows? Well, we do, but not in not in schools. <laughs> not the ones I went to, anyway. Jelly is basically jelly. Jelly is the non-alcoholic jelly shot, and you would normally make these in like sort of molds. They would be interesting for a child to eat. A little bit of. Uh, fake cream on there i can't remember the name of it no one even drinks it anymore it's that foul but you'd probably put some carnation cream on there absolutely gopping but that's the sort of thing that happened on last days i see this tomorrow a bit like that so you've got Mm. my 
if I wrote you a note, took a picture of it, who would I need to address it to? I mean, you, you poke me. <laughs> <laughs> Just poke me. Have, you haven't been to a game developer's office before, right? Because we have toys everywhere. I, I'm yeah. Well, it sounds like this the studio here. I'm surrounded by currently loads of Nintendo tap. I want to imagine that you're surrounded by the various very highest quality gaming tap though. Tell me some oh. of the toys on your desk. What's your favorite one? Oh, I got a, I got a ton of toys on my desk, but I would say like my my Jurassic Park figurine is probably my favorite. It's like you know the iconic. Uh, scene from from the first movie where like T Rex like grabs a raptor and just throws it around. Yeah, that that's on my desk. If you're into all that, forgive me. Here we go. We were discussing the Toa Plan Volume Schmuck Two's features to help someone like me play a game, but now we're going to go down this side road because I can't leave it alone. Do you have any fondness? Nay, do you collect the Kenner Jurassic Park original release toys? I don't, but I want. <laughs> but it's it, you know. I have I have so many expensive hobby, hobbies. Like photography is super expensive. Get that gone. You need the camera Ret- toys. Retro gaming is so expensive. Like I also collect vinyls, which is also expensive. Do you? What sort of vinyls do you plump for? Oh, like rock music, gaming soundtracks. Uh, Swedish pop rock. What? What what does that involve? Uh, I would say it it involves like a a super famous Swedish band called Kent. That's not the one I thought you were going to say. Oh, what what do you think I was going to say? I thought ABBA were from Sweden. ABBA, yeah. ABBA, but ABBA is not rock. Now I'm embarrassed. What is it then? It, like Kent is like it, they're like an indie rock band, and they're very inspired by like the British, like Britpop. Oh, okay. So we're talking nineties. Yeah, they're really good, and and I, I have some like heavy metal albums as well. I think you have about one hundred records at the moment, so it's it's a lot. You've kind of dashed my dreams. I was hoping we were going to end the show singing out in a cappella form on Super Trooper, but you've kind of popped that balloon for me, which is a <laughs> its a little bit unfortunate. I'm so sorry, but I like Ikea, if that helps. <laughs> Let's get them out of the way right now. What car do you drive? Uh, <clears throat> I don't even have a driver driver's license. <laughs> what? Wow, okay. Let's, let's put Volvo in the bin. You like IKEA? Yeah. Do you like Minecraft? Yeah, I like Minecraft. What? Do you, though, genuinely? Yeah, I do. But I don't play it anymore, but I used to play it a lot. Did you play it creatively, or did you chase the the dragon in the story? I just played creatively, just building shit. I'll tell you one thing. It's It's a very hard game when you actually want to do the story. It's a very hard game. I did a stream on our YouTube. Uh, I called it the zero death run, but uh, that's not actually true because I think I died at least five times an episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and what about what about your greatest export, PewDiePie? Are you related to him? Have you seen him recently? I haven't seen him recently, but he's from Gothenburg, where I live. So I know his. I think his parents still lives here. Um, I wish I've met him when I was uh, editor in chief at Eurogamer. We actually tried to get an interview with him, but failed um, because he was too busy. How dare he! Yeah, right. Um, now so, he lives in Japan as well, so he's done the ultimate, like, I don't want to be, you know, he's gone, and he? He's out there. He's he's celebrity. Yeah, he's, like, retired, I think. He's just making videos for fun. Nowadays. Yeah. Fair play to him. He's a very, I don't know him personally, but my impression has always been he's a very humble chap. Uh, and I have always seen that as a hallmark of your fine country. I actually spent some of my formative years there um, skiing. Oh, My family okay. used to take me in the very early 80s. Oh. Um, other children used to go say, oh, I'm off skiing, darling. Yeah, so, oh, I went skiing this 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 season, yeah. Oh, where did you go? Downhill? No, my family are into cross-country skiing, so probably quite as glamorous as the Apres ski you're used to. It was basically a very long walk through very cold conditions in the snow with planks strapped to your feet. Um, I don't think I could appreciate the beauty of that experience at the time, Andreas, but now I can. Um, but no, I'd probably rather do it in a video game. <laughs> yeah, because it's more safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got all that out of the way. We've yeah. got all of that out of the way, the Swedish stereotypes. Let's get back to the features. So we had slowdown. We had rewind. What else can you give someone like me to help me through this maze of bullets? We have quick saves. Oh, that's good. That's very generous of you, actually. Because I've, I've recently, as I said, you picked up the Switch. And within there, if you get the Nintendo Switch Online expansion, you get access to the NES, SNES, N64, all that good gubbins. They give you save states. Mm-hmm. Give you save states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's something quite special. I presume you could, in conjunction with the rewind feature, if you died, rewind to a point in time where you were happy, you were alive, you had some power-ups. Yeah. Save state there. This is possible, isn't it? It is. I might even finish one of these. Mummy, fire up the 286 PC. We're going to get... We're going to get the tower plan on the four. Yeah, we might need the 486 for this bad boy, but we're going to make it work. Get the Steam account revived. Uh, <laughs> with all that said and done, what, pray tell, if you can, give us a little mm-hmm. sniff of what's on the horizon. Because obviously, you get behind the game and you pump it. Obviously, the, this volume two is, is, is imminently on us. What's your next pony you're going to ride out the Bitwave stable? Um, it's one, it's like four out of eight games. Mm-hmm. games, And that's all I can say. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. Now, when, these, um, when we talked about the first pack, I do believe that we listed the games separately because although they're a pack, you are available to buy them individually as well. Yep. Just as a bit of consumer news. If someone bought one and went, oh, I'm into this, and then went back and got the pack, would it cancel that out at a discounted price, or is that they should have just gone all in to start with? I think that I'm not sure. 
so someone can just please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I don't think you get a discount afterwards okay. because it, the system is like based on Steam's bundles. Yes. So you can discount if you get all four of them, but you can also buy them separately. So I'm not sure if you get a, a discount. Maybe you will, but I'm not sure. Someone let us know in the community corrections on the Discord. I'm sure someone will steer us right on that one. Um, although I get away with some of my rather strange things that I've you've already heard me say, and no one picks me up before the Andreas. So, you know, no doubt someone will pick me up for Toa Plan in there somewhere. Um, with all that said and done, I think that's, if it's okay with you, that's where we're going to rest it there. I feel like very grateful for you to come on, very insightful journey i'm i'm also fired up about you clearing your desk clean into a bin tomorrow and just setting up your tv you brought your tv from home you brought your switch you couldn't find any jelly because it's sweden so you bought 15 jello shots to get you through the experience <laughs> and you're I'm allowed happy. you can give someone do you have this phrase dead arm in sweden you know at school if you got a little bit of a, a shy punch on the arm from one of the bigger boys it would give you a dead arm and they'd be like you've got a dead arm is that something you guys are aware of? Yeah, but not dead arm. What do you call we it? Would, I think we would say like and dead arm, which is translation to Swedish dead dead arm, dead arm. <laughs> I remember you asked the question that I haven't answered yet. What is yeah. it? You asked me how many games I have released during yes. this wave. And the answer is 11 games. 11? 11 games. Including the broken down tower plan get within the packs? Yes. Plus gimmick, plus wonderling. What are the other titles or is that is that it? There is another title that is very hidden. It's a hidden gem. It's called Cow Dash. We love a hidden gem here. We have a section dedicated to them. I'm just... I was just picking up my pencil from when I did my clear desk routine earlier. I threw my pencil on the floor, Andres. Cow Dash, tell me about that. So Cow Dash is actually the original Wunderling. So that it's like one of the first games that Niklas made many years ago. Uh, the mechanics are like Wunderling. One could say a Wunderling is Cow Dash uh, 2.0. So it's, yes. it's super basic and you play as a cow. And you collect vegetables and you need to, to jump into a portal by the end of, of the game. And that's basically it. Where does the uh, portal take a cow? To the next level. It's like in Wunderling. In Wunderling, the portal takes you to the next that level. That is a savage and a relentless grind for such a wonderful looking bovine, if I may say. <laughs> but the funny thing, the funny thing about uh, I don't know if you played Wunderling yet. No, I've I've peered enviously at the trailer, but I'm waiting waiting for my pocket money to come through. So when you do, you will uh, you will see that there's a cow in the game called Dash, and that's the same cow that is the main character in Cow Dash. Hence can we can we Dash. create a little bit of lore now? He kept moving in Cow Dash from portal to portal to only find himself portaling into Wonderling, and there he is trapped forever. Kind of, or well, she, it's a she, it's a cow, you know. Oh, to be honest, Andreas, <laughs> I, I didn't want to assume <laughs> this bovine's gender. 
It's dangerous. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of clues in in Wunderling about Dash's background, um, <laughs> because and everyone just keeps asking, like, because at the office we have, like, we have cow figurines, and people tends to ask why cows. It's because it's Nicholas' favorite uh, animal, and no one really knows why, but he likes cows, and that that's that's why. A cow got it, got its own game and is and is one of the main characters in in Wunderling. Hey, listen, if you want to get yourself in with the big guy, why don't you get him a custom cow painted, custom painted Nez in cow colours? Oh, he with a that. with a mint in box copy of Gimmick. He would love that. <laughs> <laughs> then you could play Starfield all day at your desk tomorrow. Oh. That's a good idea. So we'll, I'll, I, you, you could fashion a nez out of plastic, paint it, take it in, almost take, like taking an apple for teacher. I've given you this, therefore I'm going to get drunk and play this game all day. You can join me or not. It's your choice. <laughs> I think I have to f- fake the uh, the gimmick though, because like if you were about to buy a uh, gimmick, like a mint condition gimmick, it would cost you, I don't know the amount in pounds, but like $4,200-ish. If you're listening now, he, he, he doesn't like you that much. He likes you enough to fake it, yep. but he doesn't like you enough to give you the real one. Fair play. Uh, so yeah, but I'm 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 glad because he he already has gimmick like two versions of gimmick. He has the both the Scandinavian and the Japanese. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, because he's such a nerd, full nerd, full an nerd. absolute nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that's nerdy than even doing a podcast about games. That's that's full nerd. That's uh, so I'm sure we've all got dark dark retro treasures in our cupboards that we probably don't want to talk about i'd love to have you back on to talk about your your darkest retro secret one day andres but i think we've covered off everything is there anything other than that that we need to cover off in terms of our chat today about bitwave games other than basically wherever you can find their games gimmick and wonderling are on switch everything else is on steam uh, and other platforms one presumes yeah steam and gog for for to plan Gimmick is out on Switch, Steam, PlayStation, Xbox. Wunderling is out on Steam uh, and Switch. Yeah. What I would say to everyone listening now is if you don't own at least one digital copy of every single one of Bitwave's games, are you even a gamer? Right? Are you even a gamer? Don't even don't even look at me unless you own every single one at least twice. Um with all that said and done, I must say thank you very, very much for coming on. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask you what you're hoping to play, but I just want to take the time to say thank you to you and everyone at Bitwave. You've been very kind to us, um, offering us the chance to have a conversation. You've dedicated your one hour ahead of us, so you've dedicated your evening when you could be playing Sea of Stars or getting your room Starfield ready, I don't know, making instead of wasting time making a NES out of paper mache, you can make yourself a, a space helmet, right? that probably be a better waste of your time. Um, but instead of doing that, on the eve of Starfield, you've come on to talk to a rather eccentric Englishman 
uh, on this this fine podcast, which I'm very grateful for, um, for extending us the time. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Um, and I want to wish you and Bitwave the absolute best. You certainly deserve it. And let's, I hope you all have an absolutely cracking party tomorrow. Best to unplug the photocopier and hide it somewhere, though, because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Hang you on. know you, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> and you don't want to wake up tomorrow to that. You well, um, thanks for having me. I mean, it was a blast. Um, it was it was super fun. And I mean, just like poke me anytime. I would love to 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 be on the show more times. Okay. Well, before you slip out the door, I've got to mm-hmm. ask you what you're hoping to play for this game in weekend race. And what what games are you looking to get stuck into? I think I'm going to continue with the uh, Sea of Stars. Do you think that's going to be able to even grab your attention, though, when you've got Starfield burning a hole in your Xbox hard drive? And that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Well, what um, is there anything else you think might pique your interest? Maybe a, a palate cleanser between Sea of Stars and Starfield? There's a lot of stars going on there. If you don't mind me saying, you're a fan of space. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, as a kid, I wanted to, wanted to be an uh, astronaut. So, yeah. Me too. In an alternate universe somewhere, we're flying around in a dirty space freighter, hauling some space dust, playing our retro video games at the cockpit. I don't think we're going to be in hyperspace. I think we're just solar system, like space truckers, you and I, Andres. That's how I see it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> what am I hoping to play? Do you know what? I might have a little look at Starfield myself. It looks very interesting. I threaten Sea of Stars. I'm going to probably cry myself to sleep over that section in the uh, basement of Luigi's Mansion 3. And I think that's probably enough stress for everyone. It actually gave me anxiety last night when I was playing it. Actual anxiety. You know what? You should just take a break and play some two-up-long games because they are more frustrating than the part in Luigi's Mansion. I can promise you that. I don't know how it works in Sweden, but normally if something's really frustrating, you don't move to something even more frustrating. <laughs> yeah, because it because then the the, the 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 former one feels more like more easy. You know, this this is the sort of thing I expect from people that go out in the snow and then get in a sauna. That would kill me. Stone <laughs> dead. That change in temperature, I would be. I don't even know what I would be. I'll be in tears. Um, we're drunk when we do that, so we, we cannot feel feel the cold. <laughs> <laughs> that explains an awful lot about my childhood youth on those skiing adventures. That's for sure. Um with all that said and done, once again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to get to know you, and and thank you for gracing this mere lowly show with your presence. It's been absolutely wonderful. Um, we're going to put all the links in our Discord channel, and I'll put the links to uh, your Steam store in the description of the show when it goes out. Um, for all those listening now, it's Sunday afternoon. Hope you well. Uh, hopefully, Andreas survived the uh, 10-year anniversary. If you're listening now, Andreas, you know. Hope your head doesn't hurt. <laughs> Still. Um, <laughs> and you've got some hours in on Starfield. 
Um, with all that said and done, thank you once again. Absolutely joyous to get to know you. Are you on any of the social medias, Instagram or anything like that as yourself you, in your person that you would like to share or do you, would you rather remain anonymous? No, I mean, people feel free to follow me uh, at Shutter Andreas. Shutter like in a camera shutter. Shutter is this, Andreas. Is this where you store all of your not safe for work shots? Exactly. <laughs> You're Swedish as well. I'm going to be heading there like a, like a, I don't know, like an angry man on a moped. It's got to get somewhere quickly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and on that, what can only be described as a two-wheel nightmare. That's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Andreas. See ya.